You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 274. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast. Welcome back. Great episode today. Hope you're doing great. We are going to talk about leaky gut syndrome. So maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. It's something that's definitely talked about a lot. And I sort of wanted to do a deep dive into it because I have heard, I don't want to say controversial information, but I know that there's lots of doctors who think that it doesn't exist and then lots of people who think it does exist. And I thought that it was time to do a little more research on this very topic so we can understand what it is, if we have it, if it's real or if it's not. So we're going to get into all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, it comes to you from the Huffington Post, not a typical place that I would normally bring you uh, health information, but this particular article really caught my eye, or I I should say it really sort of grossed me out. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, I gotta share this with the podcast listeners. Now, this is what the title of the article said. It said, here's why you should not actually make your bed first thing. Now, that's interesting to me. I thought, well, why not? I love making my bed, or I should say, I love having my bed made. I like to walk into a room and have it made, and and then the room looks clean, and it's sort of clutter-free. And I always encourage people, like, when you get up in the morning, you should make your bed, and so that everything is clean and picked up. Because I'm a personal believer that any kind of clutter or disorganization can sort of make you feel more stressed out. But when my room is clean, when my office desk is clean, I always feel a lot better and have less anxiety and stress. So making my bed has always been really just part of my day and I love the way my bed looks when it's got all the pillows and all that kind of stuff. So this article, I'm like, why shouldn't I make my bed first thing in the morning? How are you gonna explain this one to me? Well, this is what it said. It says our beds are our safe haven and there's nothing like coming home from a long day and snuggling under a duvet. Absolutely, right? That's what I was just saying. I like all that too. (laughs) We spend several hours in our beds each day, which is why it's essential to make our beds and make them clean. Now, for most people, making their bed each morning is part of keeping their bed clean and tidy. But apparently, we shouldn't be making our beds at all. That's what it says at all. I just don't think I can do it. Now, I guess there was a TikTok user that caught their eye for this article. And it is because this TikTok user was saying that you should never, ever make your bed in the morning. And this is why. Our beds attract dust mites and making your bed first thing in the morning will allow these dust mites to keep growing. But if you keep your bed unmade, it exposes the dust mites to light and fresh air, which actually helps kill them off. And I guess apparently this TikToker is onto something because they say that you lose, or the average adult loses 285 milliliters of fluid each night, according to the Sleep Council. I mean, that in itself 
kind of grosses me out, okay? But that's what we're doing at night. We are losing some fluid there. And what this means is that when you make your bed each morning, you're actually trapping in all of that moisture to fester during the day, ready to be slept on again in the evening. So we should actually be pulling back the bed linen to give the mattress a chance to breathe and for that moisture to evaporate. And this is because moisture can get trapped between the mattress and the linen causing discoloration and potentially odors. And doing this will ensure that your mattress will also last longer. So they are saying, instead of getting up and making your bed first thing in the morning, pull back the sheets and basically let it air out. Now, a little further down in this article, they're talking about all kinds of things about beds and linens, uh, mattresses, best choices, things like that. But then one more thing that caught my eye was how often should we be changing our bed sheets, okay? Now, Mary Malone, they say she is a laundry expert at about.com. She's previously said that we should be washing our bed sheets regularly. And not washing your bed sheets frequently can lead to a host of health problems, such as infected wounds and even athlete's foot. Again, I'm totally grossed out by this article. <laughs> but infrequent cleaning of sheets and pillowcases allows the fluids to seep into the pillows and the mattresses, and those are much more difficult to clean than tossing sheets in the washer. Now, allowing dust, sweat, and dirt to build up for just two weeks can be enough to leave you with a scratchy throat or even the sniffles, they say, and that's according to a microbiologist at NYU. Leaving your bed sheets unchanged can result in sweat and dirt seeping into those pillows and the mattresses, and that's why they're saying you should change those sheets. So how often, what is the general consensus on how often we should change our sheets? Well, according to her, she says you should be changing your sheets, including your duvet covers, and of course your pillowcase. Like to me, pillowcase and sheets go together, but including your duvet cover once a week. Okay, I don't clean my duvet cover once a week. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. And I clean my sheets every two weeks, but now once a week, and I could even change my sheets and my pillowcases definitely once a week. I don't really have a problem with that, but does anybody else have a problem with those duvet covers that are then like impossible to iron and make look nice on your bed? <laughs> anyway, there you have it. That's the information. We've got to be cleaning our sheets and our pillowcases and apparently our duvets once a week, but more than that, at least at the very least, pull your covers back each morning, let it all air out. So that's what I started doing the last few days. I'm like, okay, I read the article, it kind of makes sense. So I, I pull everything back, I let it air out for a couple hours while I get you know, my workout done or some work in the morning and then I make the bed because I'm not leaving the bed unmade all day. Like, you know, we gotta have a compromise. <laughs> that's mine. So there you have it, kind of interesting information and I hope I didn't gross you out too much but it definitely grossed me out, so there you go. <laughs> Let's talk today about leaky gut syndrome. Maybe you've heard of it. Information today and research today has come from Cleveland Clinic, WebMD, and even Healthline. Lots of information out there about leaky gut syndrome. And a real question is, is it a real condition? 
Now, a phenomenon called leaky gut has gained a lot of attention, particularly among natural health enthusiasts, and leaky gut, also known as increased intestinal permeability, is a digestive condition in which bacteria and toxins are able to leak or pass through the intestinal wall. Now, mainstream medical professionals they don't recognize leaky gut as a real condition. However, there's quite a bit of scientific evidence that leaky gut does exist and may be associated with multiple health problems. And so that's what we're gonna really talk about today, like does it exist or not, and what the doctors are actually saying and why they're a little hesitant to say that it does exist. Now, what exactly is it? Well, the human digestive tract is where food is broken down and nutrients are absorbed. And the digestive system also plays a very important role in protecting your body from harmful substances. So the walls of the intestines act as barriers and they control what enters the bloodstream to be transported to all of your organs. There are small gaps in the intestinal wall called tight junctions and they allow water and nutrients to pass through and yet they block the passage of the harmful substances. Intestinal permeability. That's what it is, right? It refers to how easily substances pass through the intestinal wall. When these tight junctions of intestinal walls become loose, the gut becomes more permeable and that may allow bacteria and toxins to pass from the gut into the bloodstream and this is the phenomenon there's basically calling leaky gut. Now, when the gut is leaky and bacteria and toxins do enter the bloodstream, it can cause widespread inflammation and it can possibly trigger a reaction from your immune system. Supposed symptoms of leaky gut syndrome could be things like bloating, food sensitivities, fatigue, digestive issues, and even skin problems. However, leaky gut is not recognized as a medical diagnosis and some medical professionals deny that it exists at all. Proponents, however, claim that it's the underlying cause of all sorts of conditions, including chronic fatigue, migraines, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, food sensitivities, thyroid abnormalities, mood swings, skin conditions, and even autism. However, guess what, everyone? The problem is very few scientific studies mention leaky gut syndrome. Nevertheless, medical professionals do agree that increased intestinal permeability or intestinal hyperpermeability does exist in chronic diseases. So doctors aren't saying that there isn't this permeability in the intestine, but what they're not really sure, or I guess, you know, because the research is really lacking right now, is they're not saying that it's this intestinal permeability, what's also called leaky gut, is causing or the cause of a lot of conditions, health conditions in the body. So what does cause leaky gut? Well, leaky gut syndrome remains a bit of a medical mystery and medical professionals are still trying to determine what is causing it. There is a protein called zonulin and it's the only known regulator of intestinal permeability. 
And when it's activated in genetically susceptible people, it can lead to leaky gut. Now, two factors that trigger the release of zonulin are bacteria in the intestines and gluten, which is a protein found in wheat and other grains. However, some studies have shown that gluten only increases intestinal permeability in people with conditions like celiac disease or irritable bowel syndrome. So I don't want y'all going gluten-free right now thinking, oh, gluten causes leaky gut. I can't have gluten now. I, I don't want leaky gut. That is not what I said, and that's not what the research is showing, okay? If you have celiac disease or irritable bowel syndrome, then gluten might increase that intestinal permeability, okay? Now, there are a few factors that are believed to play a definite role in leaky gut syndrome. And so this is what I really want you to listen to. Things like excessive sugar intake, which would be an unhealthy diet, right, everyone? We talk about sugar all the time. An unhealthy diet that would be high in sugar, particularly fructose, harms the barrier function of the intestinal wall. Also, taking NSAIDs, which is the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Long-term use of NSAIDs like ibuprofen can increase intestinal permeability and maybe contribute to leaky gut. Excessive alcohol, it might increase intestinal permeability. Nutrient deficiencies, deficiencies in things like vitamin A, vitamin D, and zinc have been implicated in increased intestinal permeability. Inflammation, chronic inflammation we should talk about throughout the body also might be contributing to leaky gut. Stress, chronic stress is a contributing factor to multiple gastrointestinal disorders, including leaky gut. Poor gut health, and there are millions, you should, I mean, there are millions of bacteria in the gut and people don't really realize that and they don't think about gut health very often, but there are millions of bacteria in the gut and some are beneficial and some are harmful. And when the balance between these is disrupted, it can affect the barrier function of the intestinal wall. And the last one is yeast overgrowth. Yeast is naturally present in the gut, but an overgrowth of yeast may contribute to things like leaky gut. Now, putting that all together, medical professionals are still trying to determine what causes leaky gut. An unhealthy diet, long-term NSAID use, stress, chronic inflammation, all of these things could potentially be contributing to it. A reason why we always want to keep these things in check, not just because we might get leaky gut one day, but because how often have we talked about high sugar, being under stress, too much alcohol? How often have we talked about how those things impair your health? right? So it's just, again, another condition that not taking your health seriously, not taking your nutrition seriously can potentially lead to. Now, the claim that leaky gut is the root of modern health problems, that has yet to be proven by science, all right? So that I really want you to make sure you understand. The claim that leaky gut is the root of these health problems has not been proven. But many studies have connected increased intestinal permeability with multiple chronic diseases. 
Things like celiac disease, things like diabetes, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, and even food allergies. Multiple studies have demonstrated increased intestinal permeability is present in people with these types of chronic diseases. But is leaky gut a cause of these diseases or is it a symptom of these diseases? Now, the proponents of leaky gut syndrome, they say that it's the cause. They, they're certain that it's the cause, right? And indeed, plenty of studies have shown that increased intestinal permeability is present in several of these chronic diseases, specifically autoimmune disorders. However, it's really difficult to prove that leaky gut is the cause of those diseases. Now, the skeptics argue that increased intestinal permeability is a symptom of chronic disease rather than the cause. So that's what most medical professionals think. They think it's definitely a symptom of, but it's not the cause of a lot of these diseases. Interestingly, animal studies on celiac disease, type 1 diabetes, and even IBS have identified increased intestinal permeability prior to the onset of these diseases. This evidence supports the theory that leaky gut is involved in the development of the disease, right? But on the other hand, a study found that intestinal permeability in people with celiac disease, they returned to normal in 80% of people who followed a gluten-free diet for over a year. A gluten-free diet is the standard treatment for celiac disease, right? And this suggests that the abnormal intestinal permeability may be a response to gluten ingestion rather than the cause of celiac disease. So overall, there is not yet sufficient evidence out there to prove that leaky gut is actually causing these chronic diseases, all right? Now, there are some claims about leaky gut syndrome that are not backed by science. Imagine that, everyone. You hear about it all the time, and you're reading about it, and you hear about it from your neighbor, and the naturopath told them this and that, but so many claims about leaky gut are not backed by science. There is enough evidence to demonstrate that leaky gut syndrome does in fact exist. That much is true, everyone. It does exist. However, some of the claims being made are not backed up by real research. Proponents of leaky gut have claimed that it's connected to a wide variety of ailments, including autism, anxiety, depression, eczema, and cancer. Most of these claims have yet to be proven by scientific studies. Now, a few studies have found that a proportion of autistic children have increased intestinal permeability, but other studies have found that intestinal permeability was normal for them. Currently, there are no studies that show leaky gut presence prior to the onset of autism, which means there's no evidence that it causes it. There's some evidence that bacteria crossing the intestinal wall may play a role in anxiety and depression, but more research is needed to prove that connection. The results of studies on eczema and intestinal permeability have been inconsistent, and there is currently no scientific basis for the claim that leaky gut leads to cancer. Furthermore, some of the proposed treatments for leaky gut syndrome have weak scientific support, and many supplements and remedies being sold by websites have not been proven to be effective. Imagine that, everyone. What have I told you always, always, always? 
supplements are not regulated by the FDA. They are generally not proven to work. There are very few supplements out there that have had proper research done, not by the company trying to sell it, but proper research by an outside company proving that it works. So when people tell me they're taking supplements, I often ask them to show me the research on that supplement so I can understand how it works and that it's proven to work. Otherwise, you might be ingesting supplements that have heavy metals in them, that haven't been regulated, that have God knows what in them, and might not even do anything for the problem you're taking it for. So even here, the supplements are being marketed for leaky gut syndrome, but they're not proven to be effective. And that's so important that you understand that, that we live in a world where marketing is everything. And unfortunately, supplements can be sold and not regulated. They are not regulated until someone says something, brings it up, has a problem with it, and at that point, the FDA will go in and do the research to see what's going on. But you could have been taking the supplement for five years before that happens, all right? So be very cautious about those type of supplements. Now, what can we do to improve our gut health? Because I do think that improving our gut health is definitely essential. And leaky gut syndrome is not an official medical diagnosis and there is not yet a recommended course of treatment, but there are steps you can do to improve your gut health. And one of the keys to a healthier gut is increasing the number of beneficial bacteria in it. And here's a few strategies and ways to support the healthy gut. You want to limit your refined carb intake. Harmful bacteria, guess what everyone? It thrives on sugar. And excessive sugar can harm your gut bacteria function. So if you are a sugar addict or you go through these sugar binges, next time you have that, I want you to remember that that can have a direct impact on your healthy gut. It will be an unhealthy gut after that because think of all the harmful bacteria that are thriving on all that sugar that you're eating. Another thing that you can do is you can take a probiotic supplement. Probiotics are beneficial bacteria that can improve your gut. Probiotic supplements have been shown to be beneficial for gastrointestinal diseases. I personally would not take a probiotic supplement unless you are having a gastrointestinal problem. And then I would work with your medical doctor to get a proper recommendation on what type of probiotic supplement you can take. But a probiotic can be helpful in some instances. You could also eat fermented food. Guess what, people? Real food is always the way to go, right? Fermented foods like plain yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, kombucha, they contain probiotics, and that will help improve your gut health. So for me, I'm going to go to that versus taking a supplement. I'm always going to go for the real food option that could benefit versus the supplement. So fermented foods is a great way to do it. Here's one I tell my clients all the time, you've got to get in more high fiber foods. So soluble, soluble fiber, which is found in fruits and vegetables, legumes, they feed the beneficial bacteria in your gut. We want the beneficial bacteria, right? That's not the harmful bacteria. You've got the harmful and the beneficial and we want the beneficial to be happy 
They are happy with soluble fiber. So keep your fruit intake up, keep your vegetable intake up. That's gonna be so important. And you should definitely limit the use of NSAIDs. Long-term use of NSAIDs like ibuprofen contributes to leaky gut syndrome. So you don't wanna take those things daily. You want to limit how often you take those things. Um, I know for me, like if I get a headache, I try to never take anything if I don't have to. I usually see if I can get a workout in and very often that sort of disperses the energy for me of a headache. Now that is not a migraine, so that's a different story if you're getting migraines, but it's something to be conscious of if you're constantly popping the ibuprofen for this pain, for that pain. Over time, that can have a very harmful effect on your gut. So you just, you really wanna wait to use those things until you really need them. So what's the bottom line, team? Leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability, it is a condition in which bacteria and toxins are passing through that intestinal wall and into your bloodstream. Some medical professionals deny it exists, but there's definitely evidence to confirm that increased intestinal permeability is real, all right? It's definitely present in a lot of autoimmune disorders. There's just not enough evidence to conclude that leaky gut syndrome is the cause of these diseases. I think that's the biggest takeaway is we don't know that that's the cause. And so if you have one of these diseases and someone's telling you, well, you have to clean up this and that to cure your leaky gut because that's what caused this disease in the first place, there's really no research on that at this time. So the best thing that you can do if you think you have leaky gut syndrome or you're concerned that you have some of the symptoms that might lead to something like that is to work on your gut health, right? So doing those things, like we just said, reducing your refined carb intake, really getting that sugar down, eat more fermented foods, keep the fiber high, watch your NSAID intake, watch your alcohol intake, watch your stress as well. All of those things are playing a role on your gut. And let me tell you, I feel really strongly that our gut is the source of potentially all the health in our body. Like an unhealthy gut is definitely going to create an unhealthy body overall, right? It's sort of like when we talk about exercise and we say like everything comes from your core, you gotta have a strong core before you can lift this and do that. And in order to be a good runner, you need a strong core. And in order to be a good swimmer, you need a strong core. Like everything comes from the core, right? Well, in order to be a healthy body, you have to have a healthy gut. And so when we don't have that health in our gut, and we usually know it, and maybe we go through those times where we ate really unhealthy or we were on vacation and you know, you definitely had too many cocktails and too many fried foods and you come home and you feel terrible and you have gas and bloating and diarrhea. And like, those are signs that your gut is not happy, right? And if it happens once in a while when you go out of town, I don't think that's really a problem. If you feel that way daily, if you have intestinal pain daily, if you're constantly bloated, if you're constantly gassy, like those are signs that something is going on in your gut. 
And I would definitely recommend that you figure out what it is. Maybe it's a food sensitivity and you need to get rid of a certain food, or maybe it's super high stress, or like I said, too much alcohol over time. Maybe it's time that you start working on the health of your gut so that you don't have all those symptoms because at the end of the day, a strong, healthy gut is going to lead to a strong, healthy body. So hopefully that clarifies a lot of things for you. Maybe you've heard of leaky gut in the past. Maybe you've been told you have it or or have concerns that you're getting it or have a chronic disease that you're being told was caused by it. Whatever the case may be, I hope that this clarifies a lot. I always wanna bring you information that has research behind it so that you understand what it is that people are telling you. It is so easy to go to a doctor or a naturopath or an acupuncturist, whoever you go to for your health needs. They may tell you you have something and you might just listen and accept and that's great. And I hope you have that kind of relationship with your doctor or naturopath, um, acupuncturist, etc. I hope you have that relationship where you can trust them and you're like, okay, my doctor says I have this, therefore I do and I have to do this. But I always think it's a pretty good idea to do your own research as well. Research what they want you to take. So if you're going to a naturopath and then they said, so you've got this and now you need to take these six supplements, research those supplements. Make sure that they should be taken daily. Make sure that they should be taken forever if that's what your naturopath is recommending. Or if, or your doctor for that matter. Your doctor could be prescribing supplements to you as well. And it's okay to question your doctor, even a medical doctor with an MD. It's totally okay to question them or to do the research and and then ask them if you have questions or concerns. Don't ever be afraid to do that. You should have a relationship where you feel like you can have that conversation. Super important. But at the end of the day, just make sure that whatever you're ingesting for whatever problem you have is something that can help you and heal you versus hurt you over time. So always things to remember, right? If it's not one thing, it's another, but hopefully you don't have leaky gut and hopefully you won't get it. But now you know a few things you can do to definitely increase your gut health. Hope it was helpful, everyone. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.